That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, are you simply having a wonderful Christmas time? I am. Things are uh, things are trucking along, and so um, yes, we had our. Um, so we're recording this a little early, but the last. Sunday, we had our annual lessons and carol service called Candlelight. And if you're ever in New York City on the second Sunday of Advent, you need to come to St. George's. But it was packed and it was really beautiful. And it just kind of, um, it made for a brief moment, COVID seem like a distant memory. Yeah, Calvary St. George's with Jacob Smith and a thousand of candles in a very flammable space. What? What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. As I say, it's uh, not Christmas unless you can smell burnt hair at Calvary St. George's. So, <laughs> it, I mean, inevitably, inevitably, someone get, catches fire um, in the name of Jesus. So anyway, but we have like those fire uh, blankets and extinguishers ready to go. And you know what it is? It's people holding candles with their bulletin and not paying attention. And they like turn around and they're like, isn't that beautiful? With like a lit candle. And it's like... Pfft. So, um, but um, no, but it would, nonetheless, nothing says Good. COVID is behind us like the smell of burnt hair. So, um, and we're great. Yeah, we just. Um, but how are you, Aaron? Good. We're, uh, we're, we're gearing up. We're almost to the top of the mountain here. So as I say, there's always a, co- there's, there's a, there's two big mountains in the liturgical year. There's Christmas and uh, there is, uh, there's like Holy Week Easter. Well, the good news is that Christmas Eve this year is on a Saturday night, so that really boosts the average Sunday attendance numbers for the (laughs) year of our Lord 2022 in the Episcopal Church, (laughs) because for those of you that aren't Episcopalians, we track all the numbers, and we have to report them, and if it's a Saturday night service, it counts for your Sunday attendance, so get a real... Real uh, shot to the Mm. ASA for 2022. But uh, we just had the big meeting today where I sort of call everybody in and we're like, uh, you know, staff members and volunteers and say, okay, like, let's just go down the list. Make sure everything is like, do we have enough baskets of candles at all the doors for when people come in? And do we have, uh, you know, did we, did we remember, is somebody going to be able to disable the alarm so that it doesn't go off during our, 11 p.m. service because mm-hmm. typically, anyways, turns on 11 p.m. Anyway, all those little details, we're doing them. Yeah, so that's I'm feeling, a, that's a, feeling good. It's a real powerful sign of your leadership, Aaron, that you're uh, focused on detail. You know, it's, I mean, yeah, so there it is. Praise God for that. That's good. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, this is an interesting time, I want to say, especially for clergy. Uh, make sure that you're, um, you know, getting plenty of rest. But I always say I'll take like three Holy Weeks over one Christmas any time time of the year. I don't know if you experience this, but as a minister, I oftentimes find a lot of what they call transfer grief um, mm. during this time, you know. So um, I'm actually uh, uh, dealing with a couple of those situations right now, you know. Yeah. Um, somebody lost a husband or a father in July, and uh, but they always had like, you know, 
big Christmas chili party or something, and, and that's not happening now. And this kind of the grief and the loss begins to really hit once again, or maybe someone got in a divorce, you know, earlier in the year, or so, you know, some sort of tragedy. But th but this season tends to be filled with a lot of emotion, a lot of comparison, a lot of, um, you know, uh, you better be good uh, or else kind of, uh, uh, kind of ideas. But comparison, competition, it's just a it's a very difficult year time of year it's not the most wonderful time of the year it's a actually emotionally draining time of the year and so this is why the gospel is so important and uh, today we're doing a combined episode of a little christmas eve a little of christmas day to help you with your preaching gosh thanks a lot ebenezer scrooge mr Who's humbug that? you you know i'm just no just but it's totally true and saying i think what it is and by the way for preachers if you want to preach effectively during christmas you have to preach light in <clears throat> darkness you can't just preach light mm -hmm. like there has to be a little bit of acknowledgement because it's in the christmas story we'll get to these in the readings but um it's uh it's the reason there's great hope and the reason christmas does connect is it's uh like you know well like every user scrooge there's there is a light at the end of the tunnel but you have to go through the dark place first so mm. if you can acknowledge the suffering uh that's good somebody by the way and, and I, I oh go ahead jake oh no and the, the you know and the powerful thing the christian message is that we don't escape the darkness but rather um the light has come into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it Mm -hmm. That's right. Getting ahead of myself, but you know, uh, know, so oftentimes, oftentimes Christmas becomes a time to preach escapism, and the Christian message is not a message of escapism; it's a one of uh, our Lord light conquering darkness, not escaping it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I will say that one of our uh, devoted listeners um, asked, uh, "Why didn't we do like a preaching at Advent uh, sort of thing?" Uh, mm, that like I we blame did last you. Year? Yeah, well, no, it's all, please, I want to I want to take all the blame. It's all my fault. Uh, but I will say we'll give our little bit of uh, tips uh, for things to keep in mind in this episode as you think about at least preaching Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The first thing, again, before we get to the readings, I promise we'll get to it. If you're a, if you're a young preacher, if you're new to this ordained ministry thing, and this is your first Christmas Eve or maybe one of your uh, uh, early one in your career, uh, just remember that at your Christmas Eve service, about 50% of the people will not be totally sober. And keep your message short and uh, to the point and don't try to get too creative. Uh, just uh, preach the gospel and that Jesus loves you and the point of a baby uh, arriving is uh, to sort of say that God is not here to crush you, but God is here to invite you in. This, I've already given uh, this, away the end of the story, but that's right, what I well, would say. But this may be controversial, also kind of shaping your service too, you know, and... Um, uh, maybe you're, if you're like Aaron, it's already been shaped, but you know, this might, this might be an opportunity to just do an epistle in a new Testament or yeah, something right. like that too. I mean, there is nothing wrong with keeping this service and to talk to your music director. I mean, the difference between a terrorist and a music director is you can negotiate with terrorists, but <laughs> talk, <laughs> um, but, uh, but talk to your music director. I mean, this is not the time for, um, you know, um, uh, you know, a 30-minute offertory. This is Philip not Glass, the time, you know. Christmas yeah. anthem. No, yeah, or um, what's his name? Um, well, it slipped my mind. I'm having a lot of those moments lately, but um, this is this is a time to keep it short and keep it impactful and uh, and really, um, and maybe one of those people who've kind of uh, made their way into your congregation with a little too much glue wine uh, will hear something uh, worth coming back for. 
That's right. Well, should we jump Benjamin into the readings? Benjamin Britten's Gloria. That's the one. <laughs> so it's always like a favorite at an offertory on Christmas Eve. Da, 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 da. 40 minutes later. Yeah, So anyway, exactly. but... Um, well, let's jump in. There are a bunch of different options you can pick for Christmas Eve in the Episcopal Church's lectionary. Uh, we're going to be talking about Selection 1, the Isaiah 9, Titus 2, and Luke 2, 1 through 14, with the optional 15 through 20. Um, and for Christmas Day, uh, we're going to be talking about the option from John 1 and the Hebrews reading, but we're probably mostly going to talk about John 1. Um, so, and if you don't have a Christmas Day service, then you can skip past that part at the end, unless you want to just be edified by thinking about the first chapter of John's Gospel. Mm -hmm. So, we begin with Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 7, which is the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. That's what we've already sort of touched on. Um, it's a lot of freedom and being released. Uh, the yoke of the burden, the bar across the shoulders, the rod of the oppressor has been broken. And uh, we get the this part that um, uh, uh, Georg Friedrich Handel wrote, um, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, um, which uh, is included in the Messiah, that famous uh, song, which wasn't written for Christmas, but sort of is associated with it. But that's where this comes from. So anything you would say about this passage and the zeal of the Lord of hosts, Jake, or are you just going to skip straight to the gospel? Yeah, yeah, definitely skipping this one. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I, the way you have to preach this passage in a, in a powerful way, especially on Christmas Eve night, um, is kind of the idea of the already and the not yet. And what Isaiah is seeing here is, um, is a hopeful vision of what is to come and what has been accomplished uh, by this babe in a manger who is now your free gift to you, you know, um, um, as the man on the cross. He becomes your, like, uh, Christmas present tied in the red bow of his blood. And, um, and uh, this blood has indeed um, uh, uh, broken your burdens and, uh, you know, the rod of your... And I mean, there's, gonna, there's a lot of burdens in there. I mean, life is getting really expensive. Eggnog's up by 10%, you know. Uh, hey. Uh, you know the rod of credit card debt is just uh, is is a heavy duty thing. Um, the difficulties of of um, of a of a marriage or a, of a child at this time. And uh, but the hope is is that finally what the prophets have long awaited for, what we celebrate tonight, has actually come as this babe in the manger. And because this babe has come in a manger and became the man on the cross, you can and and on the cross and through his life becomes this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Um, uh, you can guarantee he's coming back and his authority is growing continually as this gospel is preached to the very ends of the world for you. Mm. Yeah, and I think uh, anything that, um, again, the for you is so important, connecting these things for you. If you, you, gotta, you gotta make this, you gotta help the rubber meet the road. And so if that's naming what some of the yokes are that people are carrying, what is the burden um, on their shoulders, and talk about the fact that the good news is that this child has come for us. And uh, any the world tends to think that God is um, distant and aloof, and maybe you need to earn God's favor in some way. But the message here is that, that this, this wonderful counselor, uh, Prince of Peace, has come, has come to you um burdened brother and sister so mm -hmm. 
Move into Titus, this short passage, uh, four verses. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions. And um, this uh, uh, this is gets to a little bit of that cruciform uh, theme that you just mentioned, this atonement. Mm-hmm. He gave himself for us. That's atonement kind of language. Um, so this, and just bringing salvation to all. This is... Um, uh, uh, just a really brief passage that says what Jesus came to do, which is to make a people for himself. So uh, uh, I don't know. I, I'm probably not going to say much more about this passage, if uh, anything at all. Do you feel like you want to comment on it too, Jake? Yeah, dude, I love this this passage. Um, and I think this passage really um, speaks to the totality of what Christmas is all about, because Christmas without the cross ultimately kind of, I mean, misses 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 the mark and so okay cool there's this baby awesome you know born in a state great you know but um but and but and you know and oftentimes we're like asked you know kind of what do you want for christmas and that's that's a big that's a big question and you know i want a lot of things um and uh but i don't always get uh um uh, what i want and sometimes i do and sometimes when i've gotten gifts that i've wanted they've uh, really sucked and uh, have been detrimental to my life. I remember one Christmas I got a bunch of bourbon and I was like from people and I was like, what does this say? <laughs> but anyway, and it was detrimental to my health. But anyway, um, but uh, what Paul is telling Titus here is that God is the one who gives gifts and he's gonna give you the gift you may not initially want, a babe in a manger, a crucified rabbi from uh, Nazareth. But uh, uh, God is the one who gives you the gift that you desperately need. And that gift that you desperately need is God's son, Jesus Christ, and all that he's done for you. And uh, this gift of Jesus connects to your life in a meaningful way by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and uh, God applies the gift that we need by the washing and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, so this, like, I mean, this really uh, gets at it. Remember, this gift does something. This gift makes us something. And this gift ultimately gives us something. And, uh, and it's all right there to be unpacked uh, by uh, St. Paul in, in Titus. And I think the one thing also I would say is, uh, it's all beautiful and good, Jake. There's a temptation among your congregation, dear listener, to hear this passage about living a life that's self-controlled, upright, and godly, that this is just a passage (laughs) of more law. But just note that it declares that we are waiting for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory. So yes, we are, the process of sanctification is real, and God does work in us through the Holy Spirit to make us into people that ultimately begin to look a little bit more like Jesus, but know that the Christian life is, as you said earlier, Jake, already and not yet. And it it is God who has, as it says, uh, who gives us this Savior that He might redeem us from all iniquity. We don't yeah, we right. don't redeem ourselves. So yes, there's this training that Paul writes about uh, as we learn to live lives uh, like what he describes. But it's a it's a time where we are still waiting. And mm-hmm. God is the one that will do this work, and He is the one that will purify for Himself a people of His own. It's yeah. not we who have to purify ourselves. Yeah. So make sure if well, you talk about that, make sure it's heard as 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 God doing the work and not us doing the work. Yeah, and uh, make Himself a people of His own who are zealous for good deeds. The key there is is that this is a response of thankfulness in light of the gift that has been given. This isn't a gift. This isn't a. Um, this isn't. Um, 
zealous for good deeds as a sense of payback to God. God doesn't need anything from you. What Paul is really highlighting here is that this gift um, creates within us the response that's needed, you know, and uh, the response uh, uh, that's needed is, um, is a life free from iniquity and uh, purity, uh, zealous for good deeds. Um, and uh, nine times out of ten, you got no idea you're doing it. Yep. Uh, and now we turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, the famous passage read by Linus it. Van Pelt in the Charlie Brown Christmas. And Do you know the story about that, uh, I, for the record? I do, but I want you to tell our listeners. Oh, well, I got excited. I don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> No, uh, the uh, I mean, there was this actually Linus reading this particular uh, passage was controversial and it was controversial. Uh, people thought it was um, thought it was like going to be too religious. And yeah. so CBS actually contemplated cutting it, but they ran it anyway. And it has been uh, and it was one of the most popular Christmas movies ever made. Yeah. And uh, um, something like, I forgot how many millions of people saw the very first one, and it's been aired basically ever since. Yep. And so the millions upon millions upon millions of people hear the gospel every year through the peanuts. Charles M. And, Schultz. And uh, it sounds nuts, but it's great. Sounds peanuts. Uh, you know, in the Mockingbird <laughs> podcast universe, I'm pretty sure R.J. Heyman has said on the Mockingcast that um, the Vince Guaraldi album the soundtrack for the charlie brown christmas is like the best christmas album of all time so uh, if, oh RJ, if that wasn't yeah, you uh, i don't know i heard that somewhere i thought it was you said that but and uh um i think mf doom or maybe um asmr uh dj smr uh uh he's mixed it and it's awesome that's cool like it's got like a hip-hop feel it's beautiful mm. so well there, and i think York. by the way also controversial this is the charlie brown's christmas special uh same old song episode uh the other controversial thing was including jazz, like jazz piano is basically being the soundtrack mm -hmm. for a kid's Christmas thing. They thought it should not be that music. It, whatever it should be, it should not be jazz. But again, Charles Schultz went with something countercultural, and it was beautiful. It was perfect. Um, and That's it, crazy. It wouldn't, That's peanuts. Yeah, I know. It wouldn't be this classic that it is if it didn't have the King James Version mm -hmm. of this passage uh, read by Linus and uh, jazz piano by the great uh -huh. Vince Guaraldi. All right, so... In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered or taxed, uh, registered to be taxed. And uh, we get this story, the famous story of David and, uh, or going to the town of David, Bethlehem, uh, Joseph and Mary, uh, Mary pregnant, and she gives birth and they uh, wrapped him in bands of cloths. It's the famous story, you get the angels out and the shepherd. There's an optional passage at the end if you want to include more of the... Uh, the shepherds uh, going with haste, hustling to get over to the to the place and find um, Mary and Joseph. So mm. that part is, you can add that if you want. Um, mm. It's an old story, familiar story, even to those who don't go to church very much. So the challenge is to try to say something that will connect with people. Jake, is there something that uh, you would tell our, tell our preaching friends what they should talk about? in this passage well as i as i do every every year because i think that's it's a very critical piece of the of the um of the christian faith is that it's actually rooted in real history mm. uh this didn't happen in a galaxy a long time ago you know i mean christianity and one of the things that i i love to share with people especially on this night because this reading 
it begins with a, a list of historical things. You know, in the days the decree went out from Emperor Augustus, you know, Quirinius, governor of Syria, these are real places and real people. And so, I mean, one of the things that I love to uh, talk about is that, you know, our faith is rooted actually in facts. And uh, that is, um, uh, you know, for a lot of people, I don't know, you know, the experience, but for me, it's extremely comforting that this isn't a bunch of hogwash. Mm. Uh, this isn't a bunch of, you know, I'm reading, I'm, you know, uh, I've been reading like the great Greek classics with my son. And a lot of that stuff is, is myth. But this is actual real history. Yeah, and it's um, I love that there's basically the night watchmen, these shepherds, like the security guards at Walmart overnight are out there, and they're <laughs> yeah, and that's what they are. Yeah. That is exactly what they are. They're not cute little like you know boys. That, that when in you think roads. of shepherds, think of the security at Walmart yep. at uh, two thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they're they you know it's these are. Um, people who are not elite they are not educated they are folks in rough jobs and rough places and they're the ones and so uh, to me the beauty and wonder of this passage always is that as you said the kind of the realness of it the, this child being born in the in a very real world situation into lots of suffering into real human lives joseph and mary in a very difficult place um because of mary's scandalous pregnancy and um, that that scandal is something that Joseph will have to deal with as well. Um, the fact that they're under this oppressive um, emperor who makes them travel and there's no exemption. You know, there's no absentee ballot here. You have to go to Bethlehem to register. It's just a brutal system uh, of not being able to catch a break uh, for everybody. And yet in this situation, God comes as this little child in the most humble way possible. And... Um, it's the least threatening, most inviting thing in the world, mm. this, this baby. And something about the character of God being willing to show up so vulnerably, so small, and um, that this, this night reveals something about what God is like. When God wants to come into your life and do something, you may not even see it. It may be in a small, out-of-the-way place, but it's not God coming to knock you flat or wag his finger at you and rebuke you or to traumatize you. God is coming into the dark and difficult places to save and redeem you. And that's this great Christmas message. And um, the message is that God, glory to God in the highest heaven. He's bringing fire to mow you down. No, that's not what it says. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among them, those whom he favors. Who does he favor? Mm. Unwed moms and shepherds who are uh, broke and working a dead end job out in the out in the wilderness. So uh, mm. it's peace not to the good kids, but it's peace to the human beings. Uh, that's whom he favors, um, as he's clearly shown in this in this story. So that's the kind of stuff I would talk about. Uh, anything else you would add, Jig, before we turn to Christmas Day? I mean, yeah, the, the message of the. The message of the angels is, is do not be afraid. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's the message that God uh, gives to you. Um, do not be afraid. And, um, well, easier, easier said than done, God. You know what I mean? Uh, but, um, but really, this is why what we preach on. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be afraid. That's why they came to church that night. Mm. Um, and uh, what they need to hear is uh, do not be afraid. Um, because um, God has brought peace among those whom he favors. And if you're in that church tonight hearing this message 
and uh, maybe moved somehow to take communion, um, well, you can be guaranteed that you are one whom God favors. Yep. Well, now, after that, you can uh, go home, uh, take a long winter's nap, maybe, and sugar plums can... Pour yourself some uh, eggnog. That's right. Visions of sugar plums can dance in your head, and then you can get up the next morning, or maybe the assistant rector or associate pastor or the curate can get up and preach Christmas Day, or maybe you will. Uh, and the readings for that are uh, Isaiah 52, verses 7 through 10, how beautiful are the feats of those who uh, bring good news. Uh, and then you've got Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. You can add verses 5 through 12 if you want, um, which is basically this passage about uh, God uh, speaking to the prophets, but now he's going to um, send his son. And then you've got the John yeah. 1 reading, the, the prologue, as it's called, of John's gospel. So um, what, do you, what do we want to do here, Jake? Do you want to you want to skip just to the gospel? You want to talk anything you want to say about um, beautiful feet or uh, Hebrews? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the beautiful feet. Um, how essentially? I mean, uh, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of the messengers who announce peace? I mean, this is just this just rings with the gospel, and this is what we do on uh, Christmas Day is we herald this message that um, God in Christ has come, and uh, in Christ He is victorious, mm. and so. Um, and uh, uh, but the Hebrews passage, I mean, that is like just loaded with with Christmas imagery. It's loaded with Christmas imagery. Uh, first of all, and 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 just drips with theological content. For example, like you know, if you think we're in the end times, well, you're correct. But we've been in the end times for like over two thousand years, you know, uh, because in these last days, God has chosen to speak uh, through His Son whom he has appointed uh, Lord of all things. And chapter one is very, very important because uh, Hebrews chapter one, um, uh, the author is trying to make the, the point that Jesus is unified with God. Um, you know, the, the two are one. And this makes uh, um, the point, he then follows that up in chapter two with um, God being unified uh, or uh, Jesus being unified with us. He's our great high priest who's not embarrassed by us. But uh, basically the, the point here is that uh, we have been given um, a Lord and we have been given one who is, um, whose name is more excellent than, and more superior than any angels. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that name has the power to carry you through, um, has the power to forgive you, has the power to make you righteous, and has the power to carry you through death itself. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. one other thing I would say about this is that, you know, a lot of people think that Christianity came along much later. No, uh, Hebrews really, uh, I think that especially this first chapter really illustrates the earthiness and, uh, and uh, like early Jewish Christian thought on Christianity. You know, there's a, like this, this chapter, just if you want to flush this out, if you felt like preaching on it, really illustrates a high Christology. Um, there is, you know... Um, uh, there is, there is, uh, uh, Jesus is God. I was listening to people like, and they were, um, I was watching YouTube yesterday and um, I was watching these kids. Uh, they were interviewing people in the mall talking about, you know, what do you think about Christianity? And the guy's like, I like Christianity because I, uh, was it Jesus or was it God who died for us? I, f I forget. I think it was God. Uh -huh. And this other was like, no, Jesus. But 
they are one. Jesus, Hebrews, the point here is that this babe in the, in the manger, this, it, what, what looks very humble is actually extremely, extremely profound yeah. and cosmic. So Hebrews 1 and John 1 both illustrate the cosmic implications and, uh, and the biblical Im- prophetic implications of the birth of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the other thing I always like to talk about in this passage is the words of Jesus has um, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on yeah. high. That Jesus, and this sitting down means he's done. He has completed the work yeah, he was finished. given to do. He has, uh, he has made purification for sins. You are accepted. Yeah. You are loved. You are forgiven. It is a done deal. Uh, and so uh, that's, uh, that's one thing I would talk about. But yeah, this, <laughs> this is one of the highest Christologies. I mean, the whole thing, all things are created through Christ and uh, this incredible um, that all things are sustained uh, mm-hmm. by his powerful word, i.e. Jesus. So anyways, it's a, it's a powerful thing. And this God in flesh in Jesus Christ has, has finished the work of redeeming you. And so you can rest mm-hmm. in that. Well, uh, and then we famously turn to John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God and the Word. Logos was God. And, um, of course, the, the powerful kicker at the end, verse 14, the Word became flesh and lived among us. So, as uh, Eugene Peterson mm-hmm. says, the, the Word moved into the neighborhood. Um, Jake, tell us what to preach about this. Well, I mean, what... What, what can't you preach about this? Um, I think uh, a couple of things is the, the one the, in the first the first couple of lines. Uh, what has become, what has come in being in him was life and the life was the light of all people. As we said earlier, Christianity is not a message of escapism. It's not a message that um, you know all of a sudden things are going to get better. No, it is a recognition that things are dark. And when we're talking about dark, we need to remember um, kind of uh, the level of like Cormac McCarthy kind of yeah, uh, the darkness. Road. This is this is no messing around. And uh, but the light shines in the darkness, mm-hmm. and the darkness did not overcome it. That is that's the. I mean, you're gonna. Have you ever felt like you're being overcome by darkness? Like, I mean, an anxiety attack, a panic attack, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and it just doesn't seem to be any way out. Yeah. And like you get that weird kind of tunnel vision. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm talking to somebody. And um, the point is, is that the, the, the good news for you is that that overwhelming darkness will not have the final uh, say. There's that amazing movie about, um, it has, um, oh, what's his name, uh, um, uh, uh, Heartthrob, um, and uh, he's on a boat, and uh, um, it's not a word, no, no, he's on, <laughs> golly, um, uh, Robert Redford, <laughs> the movie that he um, that he uh, had where he's on a boat sailing around the world, mm. and the sail breaks. You're on your own on this and one, it's I'm all totally about, useless well, on this. Uh, I forget Story. it. If you listeners, if you figure it, put it in our Instagram account. But it's um, or Google it really quick, Aaron. Uh, just put Robert Redford on a boat. Um, but while I'm explaining this, but this is the powerful thing. He is alone, and it looks hopeless. And I'm gonna spoil it. Who cares? But at the end, he doesn't he die decides, at the end. It's called. It's called. Well, it says all. It all is lost. All is lost. It's an amazing, amazing. I intentionally did that. No, I'm just kidding. I forgot the title. But at the end, he he 
drops into the ocean because there is no hope. Mm. And as he's like giving, he's giving himself to the sea, to what seems to be the darkness, all of a sudden this light begins to shine. And what it is, is uh, a hand plunges through the water and pulls him out. And it is uh, just incredible. The rescue ship has finally come. And this is what John chapter one is all about. Uh, the rescue ship has finally come, and uh, you will be saved. Mm. Well, golly, I think uh, you've got your illustration now. You've got your uh, Christology worked out, and I think we've talked about um, uh, what you need to say for Christmas Day. Um, yeah. The prologue of John's gospel that the Word has come to live among us. So, uh, by the way, if you just heard some... Siri talking somehow. My watch just like <laughs> cued in. The, the, my watch is listening to the Gospel of John. So that's, that's good. Praise the Lord. Yeah, really. um, AI. It All just, things. My watch has just the become Lord, sentient. He's, he's the Lord of the. He's the Lord of the cosmos. So. <laughs> All right. So. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, take it easy. Preach short sermons that are punchy and have some mm. illustrations that people can connect to, and mm. uh, uh, don't take too long in the pulpit. Don't don't stand between people in their in their Christmas dinner. Uh, just preach a good word to sufferers and sinners and mm-hmm. humans that need to know they're loved. And uh, you you that word is for you too, preacher. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him, but. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll. You